Look, I grew up in Streatham. Teachers are giving man tests. Same time the man them were giving out testers. I got pen things giving man stress. I ain't got to sex it, message or text it. I don't want to do you and I like I'm in Leicester, skipping my lectures. We used to ride round all reckless, stolen pets, that's Jillian Vespers. And the feds got my bros T restless. Said he got a charge on a car, no Tesla. And everybody round me, rowdy. I walk in, tell a jeweler, wow me. If you're talking about peace, just loud me. Episode 10, Budget King, that's Dave, opening song. Let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to episode 10 of the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Sapporo. Man, we're still stuck in quarantine. I'm not sure uh, what day it is now. I just know the days are blurred. And um, yeah, here we are. But uh, it's for the better of humanity, it's for the better of the world. I'm learning more about the virus as things goes, and um, hopefully, what we're we're doing here flattens the curve. But um, yeah, again, we we don't know how long this will last, but we're all we're all in this together. It's been a it's been a good week, um, busy week. I'm getting to this recording late. I'm recording tonight, and this will be out uh, tonight. Uh, busy week. I had a finance 101 webinar last night that went really well. I had a lot of great people over, you know, 20 people approximately in the in the webinar listening, had great questions. The plan is to do that um, often. So um, the plan will be to try to get that off uh, once a month. And so if you're someone that wants to learn about different topics, please shoot me a message about what you'd like to learn about. Uh, we might do the Finance 101 webinar again, and and then from there branch off to other topics. So if there's something that you want to learn about, please let me know. We can discuss and get that up there. As always, please reach out to me. I'm up, super open to speaking with people uh, when it comes to anything that they'd like to learn. As far as New Street, uh, it's been another you know great great week. A lot of people getting you know reaching out for for retirement plans for um, for finance for financial advice. Uh, for investing advice and getting people set up. So it's been a really, really uh, great uh, good week again for, for New Street and my firm. Um, so I know today I really want to talk about, you know, budgeting. It's something that I don't, I haven't touched on that much uh, in, in the podcast. Uh, obviously, my clients get kind of a great, great overview of that. But I thought it would be good to talk about budgeting um, here a little bit. Cause it's not that it's not a sexy topic. I mean, no one, I mean, really likes to do it that much. We just do it out of necessity. Um, and, and then once you get to the habitual mindset of doing it, you really don't need a budget anymore. You kind of just like know what you're spending and, and how things are supposed to be allocated. But you know, for people that are new or maybe haven't done it, like the first question is like, why do you need to budget? Uh, and I think the big thing for, for, for me and I, that I've seen, it helps clear up the picture for you. So with a budget, you know, we swipe our card every day for multiple things. We eat uh, eat out uh, you know, at restaurants. We you know order Ubers. Uh, we order stuff online, um, and so all these mini and micro transactions. At the end of the day, will have a muddy picture for you. You don't ex- really know what the big picture looks like. So the budget will help you have a clearer picture of all those transactions and be able to fr- have a framework in your mind of where your money is going. And how much are you actually saving at the end of the month? Are you in the red or are you in the green or in the black? Um, and so that's what a budget is going to help you do 
uh, for yourself and, and for those transactions monthly. Um, and so, and also it'll allow you to make better financial decisions. So if you have a budget, you know you're going to punch some numbers in or show what you, you spent money on at the end of the month or throughout the month, you know that you will make more sound decisions so that you can, one, reach your goal of, you know, your net number that you want for the end of the month and increase your savings. And two, it might help you live below your means or live below uh, means that will be outside of your goals and benchmarks. So that's what a budget will help you do is make those better decisions uh, financially. And finally, I think it's the foundation of your plan. It's that first building block. It's that first step. So a budget is something that helps you get to retirement savings or in certain cases I talked about in the previous episode, the 20% golden rule for retirement saving and emergency fund. That budget is that foundation for your plan and what we go off and how you build your benchmark uh, for the future. So when we talk about tools we can use for budgeting, there's always to working with a financial planner like myself and my firm who will work with you on your budget, set you up, walk through it with you, talk about it with you. So, But if you're also a do-it-yourself type of person, then you can use a budgeting app. And I prefer, uh, if I'm not going to, you know, there's spreadsheets. You can also use spreadsheets. I give a free budget spreadsheet to people. So if you want one, please reach out to me and then I'm gladly go over it with you. But if you like app and technology, which I do, um, there's a few apps you can look at. There's Personal Capital and Mint. You need a budget. I've actually never used You Need a Budget, but I do have Personal Capital and Mint, so I can vouch for those. I vouch the most for Personal Capital because that's the one I think is the best and the one I've actually used the most. Um, has the best template uh, as far as the easier, ease of use interface. You, click, you link up all your accounts uh, into the system and it tracks everything for you. It gives you a net worth tracker, gives you a cash flow, budgeting. It's really, really nice templates and format and layouts that they do for everything. So I think that's kind of my favorite when it comes to the budgeting apps. And so the big thing, a reason why we do budgeting is for more cash flow at the end of the month, right? We all want to have more money at the end of the month. So there's two ways to go about it. You don't need, um, you know, Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman to tell you that you need to either increase income or cut expenses to have more cash flow at the end of the month. Where does the increased income come from? It can come from anything, promotions, side hustle, selling something, whatever. Um, but that's that's one side of things. And cutting expenses, again, I, I'm you know not on the Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman trade or you don't have coffee or you don't go out to eat. I think that stuff is up to the individual on what they want to sacrifice to get to their goal. So I don't say cut out this or that, but you do know at the end of the day that if you have a goal and there's only a couple ways going about it, you have to employ some strategy to get to that goal. So uh, in that respect, you do have to do something and whatever you're willing to sacrifice personally is is good enough and it should be one you would be gladly do to reach your goals. And that more cash flow, those, those goals will get you, you know, more retirement savings, more savings in general, discretionary spending. Once you hit your savings goals, that's free money to to spend and to go out and do exactly what you want, travel. That's that's kind of how you look at it. Now, budgeting will also help with debt pay down. So that's something we want to touch on a little bit. Debt pay down, again, a budget lays that framework for you, whether you're attacking debt um, as a mixed approach. I think that you should look at it as the budget lays the framework for you for your debt pay down, whether you use a snowball effect or, or you know, paying highest interest, whatever you kind of use, debt, the budget is that template that you want to use to set that up because it will give you a, a clear path to do that. And in these uncertain times, like what can we learn from these uncertain times? Uh, one thing is 
now, next time, if you hadn't had a budget before, you can set one up and know, all right, how much do I have at the end of the month? Can I build up an emergency savings fund with using my budget? That's a huge thing. And then we also want to look at um, more ways we can cut back or generate income. That's also you know something we should look at. And then stress testing our budget. So in, I heard a lot of people you know tell me that they had you know their salary cut by a certain amount. So if you have a budget and you are running at full income capacity, so next time if we stress test it and, and go, hey, what if I'm making 60% less or 40% or 70% less, that will give you an ability to see if you can make your end goals for the end of the month. And also if you can't, what you have to cut back in order to do so or what you're willing to cut back in order to do so, so you're ready for that type of situation and scenario. So stress testing your budget is, is also an important thing. Really, really um, fun and exciting interview coming up. Uh, so we have Ashley Williams, who is um, a leading uh, millennial and Gen Z content marketing strategist, spokesperson, consultant, uh, and speaker for brands and how they want to reach the next generation. Uh, Ashley founded a company called Rizar, a tech-enabled content market marketplace. Um, and so, you know, through Rizar, she's able to help a lot of millennials and Gen Z uh, content creators. It was a really fun uh, talking with her. Uh, I think she has a great insight on, you know, what's going on in the content space, which is really interesting stuff. I love content space. That's why I started, you know, a podcast. I realized, you know, content is, is a way to, one, get your art out there, but also have people learn from it and you know, sharing content and uh, is something that's great to do. And Ashley is an expert in that area. So I was wonderful enough of her to answer some questions for me, but I hope you guys uh, enjoy the interview. Everyone and welcome back to the Your Money Your Life podcast interview special. We have Ashley Williams joining us, founder of Rizar, which is a great uh, community app. And she's going to tell us a lot more about it. But Ashley, thank you for calling in and joining. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. And we connected when I sent you an outbound. Really, I, I saw a really good, cool things that you were doing with your company. I love talking to and speaking with entrepreneurs. And you kind of, we had a good, good chat a couple of months ago and you're ramping up and building your company to something great. I love to hear a little bit more about what your, your company is, where you got the idea to start. I uh, love to hear about that, that background. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, my company is called Rizar. We are a content marketplace for millennial and Gen Z content creators. Um, we have over 5,000 content creators right now on the platform from all over the world who create articles, videos, podcasts, and photos for brands. And essentially, we're using our marketplace as a way to help brands with better understanding and connecting with the next generation. Mm. Um, and we also have some exciting things in the works regarding our technology um, with helping brands um, with really getting quality content. Okay. Um, and... Um, Partly, well, the reason why I really wanted to start Rizar, I've always been interested in issues dealing with young people and helping young people with finding their purpose, um, particularly those who, um, who wanted to do more things related to content as well. I saw that when I was in school. Um, I went to the University of Southern California, their Annenberg School mm. for Journalism. And so many of my peers, many times, were having a hard time getting opportunities or building a portfolio um, showcasing that they had real world experience. Mm. I also um, encountered that at times. And so as I went into my career, talking to the interns, seeing the same things, also seeing what was going on in the world in terms of brands, understanding or not understanding my generation, 
I really wondered if there was a way to marry the two where mm-hmm. you could create a platform where brands could learn from um, young people and also young people can learn, learn from um, uh, brands and also learn mm-hmm. how to cultivate their talent and learn um, how to better position themselves to be able to get paid doing what they love doing. I love that. And you kind of mentioned a good point, which was, you know, getting exposure, that kind of like direct to consumer platform, that direct platform, which it sounds like Razar helps people utilize, like you mentioned, like, do you see that as, you know, a big, like a thing that's going to really, you see it in music in the music industry. Do you see that as a thing where people are really going to take to that model more than in the past when, like you said, you had to be on another platform, you had to get exposure from a larger company. Where do you kind of see that going and where Zara fits in in that aspect. Yay, I think, um, <laughs> yay, well, pretty much. Um, I really think that what's going on right now with so many things um, that there's a lot of influencer marketing going on. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like um, micro influencers and nano influencers, which are really more of the everyday creator. And I think what's happening is that um, because of there's so much of this passion economy there was the gig gig economy and now we're really entering into what people some people have said as the passion economy and i I love that (laughs) yeah and we're young people or not even just young people i should say but people are really focused on figuring out ways to get paid doing what they love doing Mm -hmm. and so with the dynamics of how marketing is going and how how marketers are trying to reach young people um i really think there's going to going to be like this explosion um, mm. who are really going to be trying to do what they love doing and brands seeing that the ROI for working with them is more powerful um, yeah. if they work with these types of, um, in a sense, marketers. Yeah. So that's where I see it going. I love that. Yeah, you, you make a good point with the passion. You called it, what was the word, phrase you used? Passion economy? Yeah, passion economy. I yeah, love that. And I have to admit, I Go didn't coin that. Someone else coined it, but it was a really good phrase. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, I, that's a great way to put it because I, you know, you're seeing that with, you know, obviously with what Bazaar is doing and then and so different social media platforms with different platforms, you're seeing people taking their passion um, and not only using it to help and influence other people and empower people, but obviously, like I said, get compensation from that. And that passion economy is, you know, you keep asking millennials, it is driven probably by the millennial um, um, generation. That's because right. we're possibly doing, you know, things a little bit differently. So I really, really love that. And where do you think, as you mentioned, passion and people kind of finding that niche passion, you know, Rizard does a good job of, you know, letting people have a platform to do that. How does community possibly play a, a role in that? Where do you see, you know, community building and, and things of that nature and how Rizard is using that to kind of help people in their platform? Yeah, I think so much about, about it is authenticity, you know, yeah. and, um, meaningful relationships, um, conversations, and really raising the, the consciousness of the world right now, but particularly our generation. Um, part of our mission statement, or our mission statement really is creating a more con- a ripple effect of a more conscious world. Mm. And um, mm. with the content that we're doing, we really want young people to engage in these purpose-driven um types of content where they're able to share what it is they're going through, how they're able or how they've overcome what they're going through or um, how they're creating change. And as, as in doing that, it's really like this ripple effect kind of reaction in a sense and encouraging other young people who are on the platform, who are want to be a part of the conversation or even who just are reading it to feel inspired to either create content or to go out 
and make that change and to um, become who it is that they aspire to be ultimately mm-hmm. in the world. I love that. Yeah, we sound like, you know, Gary V disciples, but it's true, like, the yeah. fact that you really just, like, one, release the fear of, you know, people, I wouldn't say judging, but just release any mm-hmm. fear when it comes to posting content. Mm-hmm. I got over that a while ago, you know, when I, you know, started your company, I'm just like, hey, yeah. I love what you're doing, I'm passionate about this, I'm going to post content about it and hopefully people will receive it and people you know it's been well received and same with you you're building a platform where people are passionate about something um they can build a community around that they can connect with other people or like you said brands or people that see that this person is a thought leader in this specific space um and that's that's really impressive and okay i love that and and circling back you mentioned usc so after usc did you start resolve right away or talk to me about that process Mm -hmm. okay boom i'm starting my company and like, this is the steps I'm taking. Uh, what, what, when did you start and how did you kind of go through that process in your mind to officially launch? Yeah. So, um, so after I left USC, I went to go work for NBC News um, at what we call the mothership um, in New York. <laughs> and um, it was a really great experience. I worked with like the Today Show and um, the Grio and MSNBC. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I learned so much and I grew so much being there. But I'll, I really wanted to go into reporting. But while I was there... Um, in my spare time, I started kind of dabbling with this idea of creating Rizar and like was very in the infancy of it. And once I left, um, started working on it a lot more while I also pursued um, going into reporting. But what I realized, I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And the content was focused on young people, but I really, I didn't know the type of platform I really wanted to create. And um, and I still was figuring it out even still when I was at USA Today, that was my, um, after I was at the radio station, a radio station in Baltimore, I went to work at USA Today. And that's when I ultimately left journalism to pursue working on Rizar. Um, and then it really was in, cause we've, I've been working on the company now for five years. We, we just hit our finisher oh. in January. Yeah, that's awesome. oh, oh, thank you. And, um, I have to say like, it, I feel like we really, I mean, we still have so much to do. Oh my gosh. But um, started getting going though in 2017 and that's when we pivoted into the marketplace model because I really wanted it to be more of a partnership that we were building with our creators mm-hmm. and contributors compared to us just doing native advertising which is good but um, I really wanted to put more I, I wanted to help with the challenges that content creators were facing mm, I love that I love that okay mm-hmm. that makes that makes a lot of sense and um, congrats on five years and I know you guys have a lot of great things in the pipeline that will probably be released later. So that's really awesome to hear. Thank you. Um, and five years in, you know, I'm one of my, one of my I guess you call me six, seven, eight months in. I officially launched like four months ago. I'm happy <laughs> with great. You know, things that are going on. I'm like serving over 60 people across the nation. I'm, just, I'm trying to brag to keep up with you. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, talk to me because you have much more experience. You're, you're so, um, you know, I, I look at kind of the way you do social media, the way you build, the way you network. Um, talk to me about like, tips for entrepreneurs that people that want to probably, you know, be jump into and start their company and build something, build something they're, mm-hmm. they're really passionate about. What are some of the things you learn along the way that, you know, you can impart on people that are possibly listening? Yeah, I think it's, it is a, it is a very hard journey, but I also think part of the, the toughness of it is the mindset part. And yeah. so I believe, especially lately, like within the past, like, two years, but particularly last year and into this year, I've been really working on a lot of my own personal development and my mindset of how I see things, how I see myself, how I approach things. 
And I think sometimes, you know, especially when I was first starting the company or when people first start a company, it's like you go in all in and, you know, you, you, you start to develop all these different habits and things that you should be doing to work on the company. But at the same time, I think we forget so much about how it's a journey of our own personal development too and yeah. who we're becoming. So I really recommend that um, people spend who are, you know, with, with just starting a company, just spend a lot of time um, really analyzing why you think how you think or your habits or like um, who you see yourself as a person or your, even if you, if you have limiting beliefs, why you have those limiting beliefs. Um, and I think going at the heart of those things will help to unveil a lot of things moving forward and opening up doors and opportunities. Because um, particularly even with social media, for example, like I was, I had to be on social media. Well, not necessarily had to, but it was encouraged to be on social media being a journalist. And mm. um, I was kind of shy about it sometimes too, because I still was kind of, I don't know. I just felt very, I don't want to say like insecure, but I was just kind of uncomfortable. You yeah. know, you're in the spotlight. Yeah. I mean, I love journalism and I love being on camera, but then also being in the spotlight too was kind of like eh, sometimes. So, or like having to tweet and people reading your stuff or whatever else. Oh. I don't know. So, um, you know, but I realized though that part of that too was just kind of getting comfortable in my own skin and, yeah. you know, who I am. And also that's a part of your brand and you have to, 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 to make a difference in the world. We have to show up and like um, yeah. consistently share things on social media that will help with building our audience and engaging people and informing people. And ultimately it's inspiring people and connecting people to what it is that you want to do. So it's, it should be something that we should run to not like kind of um, feel like it's overwhelming or feel intimidated by it or whatever else, because at the end of the day, people will gravitate towards you with your authenticity and you being who you are. And I feel like the more I started doing that and getting comfortable and authentic to who I was and my, quirkiness sometimes or my um, <laughs> jokes it started to really build the audience more I love that yeah I I totally agree I just like you said I kind of shed that insecurity and fear and like you know let my you know post captions yeah um, gra grammar and spelling mistakes uh, included fly yeah <laughs> I mean you know we all make mistakes that's the funny thing too we're human I mean I remember I put something wrong the other day and one po platform and I was like oh gosh and then I just kind of laughed at myself I was like whatever <laughs> yeah man I'm so passive passive Karen I love it people keep reading everything and watching Ashley has some great content speaking with on that on that aspect what's the couple questions what's going on in the future for your company um, and then where can people you know find you and probably stay connected with what you guys are doing as far as personal side and the company side yeah um so I will well, as a company, we're working on our building our, our technology more. So we'll be working on redeveloping that this year, um, um, God willing, and having all that go into flow and into fruition. And then also working on continuing scaling to, into scaling and getting more content creators and more um, brands that we can help uh, with reaching that market. And then for myself, I'm going to be doing more. I wanted to start it last year, but just didn't get the chance or didn't make time, I should say, to do my own podcast and my own um video series and other things related to more content creation stuff that i stuff that i have in the works and also online um things to help inform audiences so really i'm going to be doing more things with my own personal branding and also of with course. just scaling the company more I, i'm feeling more getting more into my own skin more so 
I love that. I love that one. I know you're possibly great. You have a, they call it a great radio voice. So you have that. So I'm um, sure people are tuned in to the content that you have. Um, Thank to, you. To, to talk to people about. And then, you know, uh, as far as socials, uh, do you want, where can people find you? I don't know if you already mentioned that, um, where people can find you and kind of stay in contact. Yeah, sure. So I can be reached um, and contacted at Ash M. Will on Instagram and Twitter. I'm also on LinkedIn, just Ash. Ashley M. Uh, Williams. And then I'm also on Facebook. I'm Ashley, your favorite millennial. Love it. Well, you are my favorite millennial now. <laughs> uh, thank so, you. <laughs> Ashley, thank you for joining. Um, I really appreciate your time. And I know we're going to be watching the great things that you and your company are doing in the future. So again, appreciate you and thank you for your time. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And congrats on this show and the success of it. I'm so excited to continue hearing episodes and to see it just grow even further this year and just congrats on everything and starting your company. Appreciate that. Thank you again, Ashley.